Good afternoon, ladies. How are we today? It's Wednesday, September 11th, a day that's uh, been pretty rough, but uh, we, you know, we are good people and carry on. And, uh, you know, we take care of what we have to take care of. Uh, a lot of people we want to remember today. And, uh, We'll go from there. So, Leslie, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking, Pam. I was writing back to Kenzie in the chat that I'm a busy bee right now. I have lots of work projects, but I'm thankful to have the work. So, um, and Kenzie is doing something very cool. Um, she is rereading Gabriel's Inferno and writing down Toronto locations, now that which is cool. I think I is so much fun. I, I said that's my through. kind of work. <laughs> yeah, I went. I I just actually just finished listening to the uh, Gabriel's Inferno today. I've been. Oh, did you? I knew you were. Re- now, yeah. Mm. So. I love that. I love that recording so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, John Michael Morgan was incredible. And we mm. miss him. So I'm glad I you know. like the Mumford and Sons. Uh, Mumford is Sons is one of my favorite of the newer bands that are out there. And uh, but that's you know that's my uh, youth coming out. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? Well, I'm happy you? to see. I'm so happy to see Betty and Karen and Kenzie. I love the fact. Kenzie says she's going to write several blog posts on each of the novel locations. So she's very excited about that. I'm looking forward to reading that, Kenzie. I can't wait. That'll be a treat in October. I, I think there, there's to enjoy. one, the, uh, the place that they used for lobby, that SR used as the backdrop for lobby, I think right. that closed up a couple of years ago. Because, quote, unquote, yes. he did go and party like it was 1999 again <laughs> <laughs> for that well I, I seem to remember I think Jennifer Locklear said she was when she went to Toronto she, she searched for it and learned that it had closed and she was really bummed because she wanted to 
you know, go go and experience <laughs> lobby. <laughs> Karen's confirming that she said yes, it did. And, all and I Kenzie can say said, is, he said he, SR said it was bar. closed for a while. <laughs> yeah, go to any fern bar from the 1990s or 1980s, and you'll have lobby. <laughs> there was this one place in White Plains, New York, called Oliver's, and it was the it was a meat market. It was a true meat market. I'd only I'd gone in there three times the entire time that I lived in White Plains and was single. One was for a birthday with uh, with my roommate from that I was apartment I shared. One was uh, with my friend Suzanne and my friend Alicia. Because we were drunk and we just wanted to go to prove them that they were so stupid and wrong. We were drinking, I think. And uh, one other time after. Really? That, probably for the same reason. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. Uh, Kenzie said she can't figure out if Cafe Volo is closed, but she's going to ask him. I'm not sure about that. I feel like that might know. be closed. I don't know. Well, I Betty's do know laughing. There, there, there's a good, um, there was a good uh, coffee shop that Tom Hanks was in just recently for TIFF. That, and I mm. think last year, um, who was it? Ryan Gosling had gone in there. Oh. Yeah. I wish I would have so. been there for that. He's so great. Cafe. Bolo. Bolo. Two Fs. Two Fs. And Karen is laughing. She, she said, "Yes, we had we had a meat market bar here called Coastal Breeze." Oh, Karen, doesn't that that totally sounds like it would be the ultimate like pickup club? I love it. That would be so much fun. Um, Betty thinks that the cafe. Favolo had moved and Kenzie says she can't find it on Google um, there's a place that seems similar and if it is it's no longer on how do you say is it Young 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 Street Young Street yeah. okay um, yeah Karen Karen knows Karen knows there, Kenzie thinks it may have moved to college it did there is one on college uh, Barrera Volo I'm looking mm. at it it has imported bottled beers, rustic Italian snacks, served in a narrow. So it's not it's not a coffee shop anymore. If it was, um, oh, maybe the, they transferred formed it to an Italian. Could be. And it's uh, uh, tucked away within a historic alleyway next to the Royal Cinema in Toronto's Little Italy, from the brothers of Barvolo. This narrow space specializes in hard-to-find rustic and wild ales, natural wine, cider, and snacks. Tables are communal, and service is at the bar, and our selection is always rotating. And I think that is, there, and there is outdoor seating, vegetarian options, late-night food, yeah, amenities, restroom. <laughs> um, I... It definitely sounds like a Gabriel place, and it sounds like an SR place, frankly. It definitely, it def definitely sounds like an SR place, and I'm looking at pictures of it, and it looks really, it looks pretty good, pretty cool. Mm. So, 
You might have to try check that out. Kenzie, yes. go, go scout that location for us, will you? <laughs> that would be great. And Kenzie, yes. Kenzie mentioned she wants to try Chimay Premier beer if she can get her hands on it. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Karen Chimay. says Chimay is very good. A friend of mine likes Chimay. A dear friend, a former coworker of mine, really enjoys that. So but I know it's a pre- sh- it's a little pricey, if I is recall. It, but is it Chimay Premier? I is don't know Chimay if it's Chimay, Chimay Premier. Premier. It's like there's you know three different types of Lafroig. There's the quarter cask, five year old, the ten year old, whatever. Yep. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So that'll be fun. You're, you're going to have a blast, Kenzie. I know you will. I know. And I, and I if, think that sounds really, really good. We want a full report. Yes. <laughs> and if you decide to go, if you do decide to go to Harbor 60, mm-hmm. understand that it is very pricey. <clears throat> like one meal, like when I was looking at their menu online one day and it was like $90 Canadian for a steak. <laughs> oh, my God. like. $70 US for a steak mm-hmm. steak and everything's a la carte it's not and you have to be dressed up There, you can't go in in jeans um, you know trousers that kind of stuff is fine but you can't go in in jeans and um, or sneakers I don't think either and what was the other thing I saw Oh, I don't. I don't remember. I, I must make a reservation and do it ahead of time, way ahead of time, because even with um, you know like that app for dinner reservations that you see on some restaurants, Open Table, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Even the, even those uh, are not are tough. available same day. I'll tell you. I think um, I I well Pam and I we. Pam and I actually kicked this around when we were up there about even going just to grab coffee or going for a cocktail or going for dessert. So you don't have to go for the full dining experience, although I would love to do that. Um, You know, you might be able to have a little, uh, just a little taste of that uh, beautiful service and cuisine. And I love the fact that uh, Betty's suggesting that Kenzie make sure you wear a green sweater just like Julia did when she ate there with Gabriel. And Kenzie says she has a bright green cable knit sweater that she will be wearing. And she'll see, she'll see if her broke beep can afford it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Karen says Chimay is sold by the bottle like wine. Betty's wondering why it's so expensive. I'm sure it's kind of a branding marketing thing. I don't think there's any gold in that. I think it's all for the experience. And Kenzie says she's only going to be going there to take photos of the outside uh, because ain't nobody got money for that. Um, (laughs) I can attest. I took a picture. I jumped outside of the car. I jumped outside. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Pam pulled over on the street. I jumped outside, made sure there's no traffic walked into the street and took my picture. So just be careful. Um, And Patty said, maybe the steak comes from Vermont, (laughs) from cows from Vermont. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, It, As long as it's grass-fed and aged, it could be. 
<laughs> I know. And Karen said when she was doing research for the Gabriel's food, um, they also have small bites. So, yes. And so, they have a ladies' night, too. I think it's like on a Tuesday night. It's an odd night where mm-hmm. you have groups of groups of ladies can go in and they can just whatever, you know, they stuff for that. <laughs> you look on the website, you'll see it. That's true. And Kenzie said she doesn't have to worry about jumping out of the car because she'll be walking everywhere. So she doesn't think she'll have that problem. Um, Toronto is a very walkable city, but I'm going to be honest with you, Kenzie, where you're staying, you're staying in Yorkville, which is just above the campus, UT campus. And Harvard is down by by the river. So if you can grab a um, a subway or or the train uh, down that way, you, you'd be a lot better off. Mm-hmm. Walking. I think there's the, par- the public transit. The public transit seems really good there, though. So Kenzie, you might want to check that out and yeah. kind of map out your your route. You could probably they, look online or call them ahead of time and try and map it out. She yeah. says she well, may bring her trousers and get the cheapest thing on the menu. It would be cool. You can kind of see if that could could possibly work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, and, just and as Betty's, an FYI, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. the um, subway, talk to the, the t- token lady uh, at the booth. They have a special tourists thing where you get like 10 rides. I got this last year when I was in Toronto for, for the film festival. It's, a, it's like a card and you, you just they just stamp it or click it or whatever when you go through the booth so that you can, you'll get like 10 rides on it. So... Uh, I forget exactly how much it is, but if you and your mom want to use it at the same time, that's okay, too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so just an FYI. And another thing, if you go down to, um, I think it's Carlton, uh, right across from the Holiday Inn at uh, at the uh, Carlton, and I believe, I forget whether that's Young or that's Young Street. Anyway, if you go down there, there's a, a great place for breakfast called Cora's. They have mm. really, really good, uh, <clears throat> it's it, it, all kinds of eggs, from eggs benedict to scrambled to pancakes. It's relatively inex- inexpensive. It's not cheap, but it's not, not, you know, high high prices. And the food is delicious. Absolutely. I ate there last year, too. So, just as an that- FYI sounds wonderful and i love that betty asked kenzie will you go to the different places paul took julia of course she will betty and uh, kenzie says yes betty i've written down a few i'll tag you in them and she said if i remember correctly paul was going to take julia to eat homemade ice cream and indian food that was betty who commented that Mm -hmm. and kenzie says i'm already confused about the lines so watch me get lost and she said in terms of the ice cream it was called greg's ice cream place and kenzie's trying to book a tour of u of t so she can see inside but it seems it's only for students or parents i'm trying to find an email to contact them about it um i I don't see why you can't say you're a prospective student exactly just saying you're exploring your options you and your mom are coming to look at the campus because you're looking to uh possibly go to the university of toronto and that way it never they, hurts. They never hurts, and they'll probably get a student to guide you through because I think that's what they do in a lot of the college visits anyway. So mm-hmm. just as an FYI, um, 
and and they don't have to know whether you're going to end up going there or not. It's you know just to get the perspective of what it's what the college life is like there. Yeah, so. uh, most universities will do that. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be really really good. And as Kenzie says, and they are free. I'm assuming you're talking about the tour. Oh yeah, they. I are. think. Mm-hmm. Some universities, you can actually schedule one online. A lot of them you can't, but some of them you can. I'm just remembering that from looking at different college websites. So it's, uh, I think that would be a wonderful, a wonderful way to spend an afternoon or morning um, getting a tour of the campus. I can't wait to see your pictures. Especially Robart's Library. Yes. If you can get to the carol. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Can you yes. believe it is September? We are weeks away from October and weeks away from the filming of Gabriel's Inferno. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I I and cannot believe it. I'm in I'm know, in I, shock. It's like disbelief. SR teased, I think it was last week, that he was reading the script over this past weekend, which mm-hmm. he did do. He said, he, he said, and he it's got a, it's very good. And he, I got the little winky smile when I asked him. And then um, I also, he also mentioned in somewhere in a feed, and I think it was in the Fox Den, that they have pretty much um, cast, have a cast. I oh just my guess! My I guess know, is they, they selected them, but they're probably locking them down in terms of the contract negotiations and all of that. Maybe they've already locked in the contract. Well, they probably well, do that I, now, well, they, right? they probably have, but they think that the thing is, is that one of the things is that they've got to wait until the will that Passionflix is doing right now that just started mm-hmm. filming in Boston. So they're, you know, they, and I think they were announcing people two weeks ago, um, <laughs> the cast was, and uh, I know that the Google Doc came out, um, it was the end of last week, beginning of this week, for the set visits, it was the end of last week, for the set right. visits for the will, and Tusca was going to be in Boston today, and they gave, I think, about four or five dates. And from what I've heard is when you fill the Google Doc out, you, 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 you question the dates, and then they'll come back and tell you which date you can have. Oh, my um, gosh. And it's one day. It's not, um, it's not like days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that, but they also ask you, do you have a problem being on camera or not? Right. So... I, well, I mean, I really was actually, when I got that email, because I am part of the founding members group, I remember thinking, I wish I was able to go up to Boston, because I'd love to kind of see how the whole process unfurls. Plus, I'd love to go. I like being on set. I think it's interesting. But um, alas, I couldn't do it. But boy, it's it's a quick turnaround. I mean, they sent it out, and it literally was like two days. The filming started, yeah. so it gave you dates out a little bit further from that. But 
I think, I think we'll just see what happens. It, Karen has the 11th, 12th, 20th. I think there was also one yesterday, and I think the 23rd is another date. I thought there was one like the 18th, 17th or 18th, too. That could be, I'm I, not I, sure. I could, I could attach to the Google Doc. I'm not sure either. But, um, yeah. You know, but anyway, they, and it's funny because Chrissy Mayer from the Fifty Shades uh, podcast was went to the one then when they filmed in Jersey not too long ago. Um, mm -hmm. Was that the something serve or something like that? And uh, I th I remember she had pictures taken with everybody, and I think she was only there for like one day. So, anyway, that's just what I've I've heard and what I'm finding out. So that'll be it'll be interesting. Yes, Kenzie said she, uh, yeah, I, I, th I thought that was the case too, Kenzie. Oh gosh, I was just going to start reading your, she said they announced the dates and locations the day before filming started. I'm glad I booked my trip to Toronto because even if I, they did end up filming in Toronto, I wouldn't be able to afford it. Well, and it's it's tricky because you're right. This, if you have to fly anywhere, getting a last minute flight usually, although unless you really luck out and there's a, a super duper sale, it's hard. It's expensive last minute. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. Betty said, "I'm allergic to cameras, just like William is allergic to the sun." <laughs> and KK <laughs> KK wanted to go to Boston too, but the dates did not work. I know, Karen. That would have been really cool. And Kenzie said, same, Betty, even though I think I post way too many photos of myself. And yes, we all think you're beautiful, Kenzie. Absolutely. There are not too many photos of you. I think it's, um, you know, people like to see uh, images of their friends online. So I think that's great. Um Brother Honor, is that the uh, that's the one that the one that they went to? Yes, that's right. That's right. Because I think the Will is filming right now, right? It is. It is. Yeah. And then next comes Gabriel. Now I understand that the there was one that was filmed before um, Brother's Honor. Um, that I think that's coming out at Christmas, so we're looking probably at. Uh, winter to spring for Gabriel's Inferno. So we'll see what happens. I wonder where they're actually gonna um, where they're actually gonna be filming because that still hasn't been decided. I know that SR said that there was a rumor of uh, New York and Pennsylvania, but I but other than that, nobody's heard anything. That I'm oh my gosh, I am pulling for Pennsylvania so hard <laughs> even new york though i think i think we can i think we can do it oh yeah we can i'm just new york easy i'm just worried about the You're, you may dates. be away for it oh my but gosh i, I know they, be, they i also heard that they may be doing italy at the beginning of october oh that was a room which would be lovely Let's be honest. Which one of us is going to win the lottery? Let's just put it out there, ladies. Yeah. you got to be in it to win it, first of all. <laughs> yes, I know. And I can't even buy lottery tickets within Pennsylvania. I have to go out of state to buy lottery tickets. Because mm. my daughter works, uh, does the production 
if you're in Pennsylvania and ever watch the Pennsylvania Lottery drawing every night at 7 p.m., my daughter is broadcasting that. She's either directing or behind the camera or or doing the audio. But because of that, I can't buy tickets in the state. So... Yeah, I had a friend, I had a boyfriend many years ago that worked for the New York Lottery, and, and uh, he he was in that boat, too, couldn't buy anything from them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that people that they live with can't. But there were some scams that really uh, rocked well, the world. fortunately, we weren't living together, the world. so it didn't happen. <laughs> and it was Don's second job, it wasn't his full-time job. Well, so. that's good. Yeah, thanks, ladies. It is she. She's she was she likes it. She does a good job with it. Kenzie says, "Pet New York and Pennsylvania look quite similar. They do." And and but um, Betty says, or Kenzie said, "I hope not. I want my chance to bump into SR." (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You never know, Kenzie. I know. Well, Pam and I. I've I've told all of you guys my. I'm out for a good chunk of October, and I think the irony is going to be if they film in Pennsylvania. Like, if they film somewhere close, like, if they film in Salem's Grove or or even Philadelphia, if they're that close, and I'm literally on the West Coast, I will, or in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, I will just, I will laugh. It will be a good laugh. Mm -hmm. And I will hope that you at least can make it for all of us, Pam. I, I We're counting on you. I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> got my fingers crossed. Yes. Yes. Anyways, Good old Nick so. Perry is what Karen said. And she's got to get some income. Girl, I'm always looking for what I'm calling my side hustle. I need exactly. some extra cashola too. So. so. Yeah, so one of the announcements that SR had given us, I think it was pretty much last week, he was saying, casting seems to be going well. Can't wait for the first announcement. I can tell you that things are proceeding as we approach October and the filming of Gabriel's Infernos. It will be a multiple, multi-episode series, which is cool. And it will be shot in the U.S. and in Italy. I'm not sure what the location in the U.S. Will be, although I've heard rumors of locations in New York State and Pennsylvania. So, and New York from State, the mouth. New York State sounds to me that it would be not the city. No, I don't the think fact it would that be he said city. New York State. I think you know he, he could be. It could be Syracuse. It could be Cortland. It could be any one of the state colleges. It could be Cornell. Right. Uh, there's a lot of university. Oh, it would be great there. if it was in Ithaca. Mm, so beautiful there, and there is a lake there that could be like the lake. Like, mm, there's a lot that of apple great. orchards. Lot SUNY um, SUNY New Paltz. They got a lot mm-hmm. of apple orchards around that area too. Oh yeah. Betty says, really I have a feeling cool the boss will be, <laughs> Betty says, I have a feeling the boss will be undercover just like Willie was in the Florentine series. I absolutely <laughs> agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Kenzie says she has a bit of anxiety for Toronto because of the crowds and it's the biggest city she's visited, but she's hoping my excitement overrules that. I think it will. And frankly, 
Except for the square. What's the name of the square, Pam, that is like the Times Square of Toronto? You know where I'm talking about? Uh, Dundas? Dundas, yeah. Oh, by, oh, by, oh, by the... Um... Um, but, but by the city hall there with the big Toronto sign, is that square you're thinking of, or I are you think so. About where like the the film stuff does tiff happens. I think it's where it's one of the two. I'm not quite sure. I'd have to go and look back at my pictures. Other than that place, which was very crowded, like Times Square in New York, I did not feel like Toronto felt crowded at all. No. Uh, there were not tons of crowds. So, Kenzie, I think you're going to be in good shape. And you're going to be so excited. Yeah. You're not even going to, you won't even, you won't even realize you're in a big city. That's right. And a shopping area. There's um, Eaton, the e- I think it's Eaton Plaza, which is a mm-hmm. big shopping mall. Something else you might want to can- think about. Um, they have a lot, large underground area in Toronto. Uh, that apparently in the wintertime a lot of people use uh, because of the weather. And oh, great. And they've got restaurants and shopping, and it goes pretty much a lot of the underground of the city. So you might, might want to look at that, too. Mm-hmm. So. Kenzie says, I bet SR is bursting to release you the news. I think so, too. And um, Karen was saying perhaps around the Finger Lakes, which would be great because that's not too, 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 too far from us in terms of filming locations. And Kenzie says, Betty was saying she thinks Kenzie's going to have an awesome time. And Kenzie said, thank you, Betty. I think I will cry when I see U of T. Um, I think you will too, Kenzie. It was it was quite exciting and emotional and we were driving by some of the locations that were in the book it was really really fun mm-hmm. um you know from from university of toronto to just going by seeing the manulife center and the manulife building um and and actually seeing julia's apartment <laughs> it was great Oh, Karen said her sister loved the underground in Toronto. That would be a cool place to explore. I've not, I've never done that. And Kenzie, if you have any other any questions, I have a friend Sarah who lives in Toronto. Her husband actually works as a, a location manager for um, and for movie companies in, in and around Toronto, TV and movies. So if you have any questions, just shoot me a note, and I'll I'll check with her, and she can you know she can come back to me with that because she actually lives in it's not downtown but she's uh, up by I think by the Don Mills area of Toronto so oh that sounds cool Kenzie says I'm envious of anyone who lives there thank you Pam so Lisa uh, Lisa Lisa Dumachelle who's in the den she lives in that area Um, there's a whole boatload of people that live around there so yeah, it might be, might not be a bad idea, you know, just to ask people for recommendations. I know you've already been reaching out, but it's exciting, Kenzie. Think about it. Yeah. A, a month, a month from now, you're going to be in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you're going to have a blast. You will have a blast. And uh, so. I'm jealous I can't be there. Anyhow. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Me too. So. I need someone to message other than Elzar. <laughs> yeah, he's a little busy, I think. Did he respond to your you coffee date yet? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I Anyhow. love it. Yeah. So, I think we should get back to the man in the black suit. Yes, get back to our man, Nicholas. And actually, Pam, we didn't really vocalize this, but I'm thinking we should do three, three, and three as we read through. Four, 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 and five is good. Okay, we can do that too. Yep. I didn't, I wasn't sure. So what we were reviewing last week at this time was the fact that Acacia was unconscious and Nicholas came in to visit her and he really was quite tortured because he he blamed her condition on his actions so you know it was a very emotional scene I thought it was beautifully written and as we enter chapter 53 Acacio uh is now awake and she was asking Rick, will he come to see me? And she had been there for a day, her head still hurt, but the nausea was gone. Dr. Bucci had seen her in the morning and Rick had excused himself during her exam. And when he returned, Acacia was eating her breakfast. I know Betty says, poor Nicholas. I know it was, it was very, very um, heart wrenching. To see his his pain at watching Acacia suffering um, from her injuries. So, you know, Rick comes back in as Acacia was eating. And she asked him again, will he come to see me? And Rick mentioned, you know, uh, the boss was already in to see you. And I can only imagine, when I read that scene, I was envisioning Acacia just kind of dropping everything and being in complete shock. Um, she dropped her fork on her breakfast tray and said, when? You know, and Rick said, while you were sleeping. And why didn't and he's he wake gone. me up? And, right, and right. She's, I'm sure she's like, he came to see me. Where is he now? Like, why didn't he stay? Why didn't he wait until I woke up? And you as know Karen what, you says, know what this reminded me of? You remember that movie when uh, while you were sleeping? Yes. 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 Kind of. That was a great it movie. Kind of was like that. With Peter Gallagher was the uh, guy in the in the bed, passed out from being knocked out. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah that no, was that bit, yeah. But yeah, I was I was like, uh, why you know why didn't you wake me up? I, you know. I'm sure that was all going through her head, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, you know, Rick said, look, he's gone. And Betty said, that's a great movie. I agree, Betty. I love that movie. While you were sleeping, it was really good. And Karen agrees. And, you know, Acacia is asking where. Um, but Rick told her he was having Kate fly in with her cat. And, you know, Nicholas made all these arrangements for her. 
And yes, as Betty says, Nicholas has some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenzie said, I felt so bad for him. Yes, I agree. She leaned back and stated, he came and wanted to see if I was okay, but then didn't want to talk to me. And Rick was really frustrated and he's like, you know, cursing under his breath. Fuck. He said anything that he wants to talk to you. It's not that he didn't want to talk to you, but he has something he has to take care of. And Acacia asked if that was connected to his family's art. And, you know, she wants to see him. But Rick started to say, you know, um, that he, he didn't really think that would be possible. And Acacia was like, but I need him. And she really, really was agitated that Nicholas didn't stay so to talk to her. And Rick hesitated and pulled his phone and said, look, I'm going to give him a call and that way you can speak to him on the phone. So Rick stepped out of the room and walked out into the hall. And, you know, at this point, I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking, okay, at least, you know, if, if she talks to him over the phone, she's going to calm down. She'll feel better. And Betty said, Rick is thinking to himself, I know that's what I told him, but he didn't listen to me. Of course, Rick, Rick, but Rick also didn't want to, you know, say that he didn't want to kind of vocalize that. And I told you, yeah, told him, but yeah, I told him. I told him how much he wanted to talk to, you know, but it's also him trying to pull a little, stay a little bit detached, stay professional. You know, Nick, Rick, Rick is in a tough place, yeah. I think, because he knows what the right thing to do is. He knows what his boss wants him to do. He knows what Akasi wants him to do, and they're at odds with each other, so he doesn't really... And he also it's knows hard to he's navigate that. His bread. Mm-hmm. He, Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. So Cassia waited anxiously for him to return. She was trying to formulate sentences, but she was having difficulty. Well, of course she's having difficulty because she had, you know, she has a brain injury essentially. Right. Um, a few minutes later, he returned. And he was impassive and told her that Nicholas was busy and his message was to rest and to take care of herself. And, I mean, gosh, talk about not wanting to be the bearer of bad news, right? Really? Like that, and especially after Rick was trying, you know, told Nicholas that you really need, you know, she really wants to talk to you. Frankly, Nicholas put Rick in a tough position here. But as Betty says, Rick doesn't want to get fired either. So, you know, she heard, hears these words and her eyes are filled with tears. And Rick's like, oh, don't cry. Kid will be here soon with your cat. <laughs> I love how he was trying to, to be uh, engaging f- with her. What's his name? Ned? What the Ned? <laughs> <laughs> and Rick said he had orders to accompany both of them back to Paris when she is discharged. And... Acacia was not having any of it. Nope. She pushed the call button 
and pushes her covers aside and was sitting on the edge of her bed by her IV stand. And Rick's like, what are you doing? Of course, Rick's saying that, but he knows darn well what she's doing. And she's saying, I'm leaving. She was wiping her eyes with the napkin. And Rick's like, you can't leave. You have a head injury. And she turned to look at him. Why didn't you stop him from going after the Russian, she asks. So Acacia now kind of is going from being upset that Nicholas isn't there to angry with Rick for not stopping him. And I love it that he's like, screw the cat. We want Nicholas. That's right. Mm -hmm. And poor Monet. Poor Monet. Yeah. Poor Claude. Rick was asking Rick was asking him Rick was asking her why did you think he was going there? And Kenzie's like, We want the cat and Nicholas. I agree. <laughs> Rick asks, Why why do you think that? And Acacia tells him that he was seeking justice for his family. And she's know his she knows that his team was looking for Yasmin's ex-boyfriend. She also knew that he would not want her to know that he is going to Russia. And all so, of that is true. Tough. So she knows. Yeah. She knows. Him. Right, right. And that's, you know, because that's why they got into the argument to begin with. Mm -hmm. The whole discussion about revenge and justice. That is true. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, she's she's a she's a pistol that one. I know, I love her. And trying to take the, she's probably going to try to take the IV out of on her for herself, you know. And if you, mm -hmm. I might not to get too personal, but my, my a couple of years ago, my son was in the emergency room and he was given an IV and all he wanted was a cigarette. And he goes, "Gee, Christ, I gotta get out of here. Gotta have a cigarette." Because my son smokes, unfortunately. So he's pulling the thing out of his arm. Now, blood's pouring all the way down his arm. You know, I mean, come on. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. It's, it's not a good thing to do. So no, Rick, that's definitely Rick, not recommended. Yeah. So Rick is saying she needs to rest, and he was going to go call the nurse. Um, but she wasn't, Akasi wasn't having anything like that. And. Mm hmm. So he's like standing in front of her, trying to tell her, "Hey, there's nothing you can do about this." And uh, but she, he, but Acacia had to try. And so Rick is now really, really frustrated, trying to get her to go back into bed. And uh, said, "You know, Kate will be here soon. Don't you want to see your cat?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he keeps trying. He yeah, keeps trying yeah. to to pull he her back right from the. <laughs> Exactly. Cassius <laughs> says, oh, yeah, just tell Kate I'm sorry, but she had to go to Nicholas. Oh, and I love it. Betty said, Acacia is a tough cookie. And she's like Rambo. Nothing can mm -hmm. stop her when she wants something. That's true. She's a force to be reckoned with, as KK says. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so Rick's like, no, you're not. Acacia's now bent over and says, I'm not asking your permission. She said, you know, I killed, a, I killed a man in Morocco. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> and uh, Rick already knew, but what he did not know is that she had to pay for that. Because, you know, she feels that because she took that life, she's got to save a life. 
and uh, which just part of Acacia's that was part of the fight that she had with uh, Nicholas, Nicholas too about taking taking life and keeping life so um, she was like you know you can't you know he, he thought that was the nuttiest thing he had ever heard he says some terrorist tried to kill you and severed his artery with a spoon now she is Rambo <laughs> right and other. Kenzie said Gabriel may be Superman but Acacia is like Wonder Woman and, and exactly. I also am laughing at the whole Betty's uh, pro- Betty's idea that she thinks Rick secretly is in love with Cassia's cat. <laughs> Kenzie <laughs> says, the cat to soften his heart. And yes. Karen is like, LOL, I think you may be right, Betty. <laughs> Don't make me take out my mini spoon. My mini spoon, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got oh a gosh. weapon. I got a weapon. So. <laughs> Next thing you got know, a spoon and take- I'm not afraid to use it. And next thing you know, we're not, not going to be able to take spoons on, on planes because of a cousin. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> so, you know, like he's, he's like, you know, you, you're defending yourself against the terrorists. And she thought that was kind of crazy. And uh, Rick told her that she should get a medal for what she'd done. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he's like, did you, did you, have you heard me? You do not need to save anyone for protecting yourself. And it was self-defense. You don't mean... You Kasi's know, like, she didn't mean to kill him, but she must accept the consequences. And Rick said, you need to have your head examined. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh, the irony, right? The irony, yes. <laughs> she, ha- she is having her head examined, and she did it. Oh, my Excellent. gosh. Karen says, I have Sporky. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of Sporkies here. One's very tiny, and one's... <laughs> that you know they get left down left here so anyway so she's you know she's going on about that and uh, so the nurse comes in because yeah, there's all this yelling I guess coming out of her room and Acacia said she was leaving and she wanted to have the IV taken out and the nurse shouted that she wasn't going anywhere until she was discharged by the doctor that's right the nurse is laying down the law that's it, you know, and uh, they do that. Mm-hmm. So she's, uh, so the nurse pushed Rick aside saying, who are you? I can imagine Rick is this like big hulking person <laughs> and this is a nice, you know, quiet nurse who's now, on, she's not Nurse Ratchet, if anybody knows, right. recognizes Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> so she's like, you know, what are you doing here? And, and. He said, uh, why are you shouting and using foul language? I'll have to get security to remove you. And Rick said, lady, I am security. <laughs> so meanwhile, Kasi is like, you know, I'm leaving. Tell Dr. Bucci that um, I'm signing, you know, going to sign myself out. Please remove the IV. But the nurse told her she'd have to, to wait to take it out. It could be dangerous if she took it out blood spurting all over the place and um because you don't know what you're doing so she went off to get the doctor rick said if you cared that much about nicholas why did you leave him good question oh i know i know i just was like (laughs) (laughs) it's like just go right for it rick so, yeah, but she's got a good comeback. He's like, well, mm-hmm. if you didn't care about me, why did he hire a team of commandos to rescue me? 
<laughs> well, and it, and this is um, actually, I had a question for SR about this, and I apologize, ladies, because I got my questions to SR very, very late um, this morning, actually. Um, so if I can get the answer to my question, I will share it with you next week. But my question around this was, um, why didn't Acacia answer Rick's question directly? You know, why didn't she say exactly why she left him um, instead of doing that great comeback, which I thought was a great comeback. But I was just curious if uh, what the answer to that would be. So. So anyway, so she slips off the bed and she's a little uneasy and she's grabbing the railing for support. Nick is holding her elbow saying, you need to lie down. You can't even stand up, and you're going to go try to rescue him? No. <laughs> she pulls away from him, and she almost topples the IV, but Rick caught her in time. So. Oh, yeah, and he was not happy. And, uh, you know, Betty said it was a lover's fight. Acacia was waiting for Nicholas to come back so they could kiss and make up. Right. And um, thanks, uh, Kenzie thought that was a good question. Thanks, Kenzie. I have them on occasion. And um, I'm laughing, too, because the whole smackdown begins. Uh, Karen and Betty are talking about Ocean's 8 and the fact that in Ocean's 8, uh, Sarah's uh, Sandra's character used a toothbrush as her weapon. So wow. <laughs> the you smackdown know, I, I is Rick versus Acacia. I still haven't a seen that. Can match. you believe it? Fight to the finish. Really good. <laughs> That's right. Good. I liked it. And Smackdown. We should we should get what's his name in here. Um, <laughs> Snarky. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. No. Uh, mean Gene, the uh, announced the the late announcer from World Press. Oh, from the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Kenzie. Good note. Um, she said that our podcast for today was marked 52 instead of 53, so we'll have to change that. Oh, I, I, yeah, I changed that. That I can do that before it's published. Great. So, sorry about that. Thanks. Thank you. Good catch. Yes, good catch, Kenzie. Thanks for letting us know. Would not want to confuse the listeners. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, Acacia. I'm confused enough. <laughs> I know. We're confused enough. So, um, Acacia uh, is really going at it with Rick and she is determined to get out of that room and she almost topples this and Rick caught her and he was so angry he's like would you just sit down and he kept dropping dropping the f-bomb she leaned on the mattress swearing one way or the other that she was going to leave and I can only imagine, because, you know, Acacia, one of the things I love about her is she is a strong, strong will. <laughs> and Betty said Snarky would suggest it be a baby oil fight. <laughs> and says, match. I am streaming, Betty. Or a mud match. Yes. Gene <laughs> uh, Alkerland. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Snarky would love that. Uh, I think he'd love it even more if it was Acacia and uh, Julia, but I digress. 
Um, because snarky, snarky is a, snarky's naughty. He's a he's a naughty naughty boy. Um, yes, he is. So Rick pulled his phone and punched in a number, and see, she he was just like, "Come on, you're not going to go anywhere without clothes." As she looked down, she's like, "I can't wear this." <laughs> a hospital gown and bare feet. Rick gave her the look. You could tell Rick was not amused at all. And no. she's like, she's like, come on, that was a joke. Like, lighten up, man. <laughs> he paced across the I room. I can imagine he could have, he's got <laughs> steam coming out of his ears with her right now. <laughs> I know. This would be another great scene in the series, though. I could totally imagine. He's just like beside himself. And she says it very straight. Yeah, I can't wear this. And he's probably like, oh, my gosh. Yes, Karen. Rick was done at that point. Uh, Betty goes, Acacia versus Ava. Ava. I think Acacia can totally take her down. Boy, that would be that. Talk about another great. That that would be an interesting. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting. And Betty says, Rick needs to calm down. <laughs> oh my gosh, he paced across the room. He's talking into his phone. And then Dr. Bucci comes into the room saying the nurse you wanted. Um and you know, she she said the nurse said that you wanted to leave and Cassie is that's right. I'm you know, please take out my IV. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. And uh, the doctor asked Rick to leave and kind of pulled Acacia aside. And, you know, Rick made sure uh, it was okay. He looked at Acacia and she said, you know, she nodded, you can step out. And Dr. Buki asked what was going on. You know, tell me exactly what's happening. And I love the character. I love the way SR wrote the doctor's character because she really is just like the quintessential um, caregiver, you know. And I'm, I really, the fact that she paid attention to her holistic health, I thought was really great. And so, you know, the doctor's like, what's happening? What's going on? And Acacia's like, look, I feel better. I want to go. I have things to do, people to see, places to go. And the doctor told her that she really needs to be monitored. She has a serious concussion and a wound that is opened that needs to be irrigated to fight infection. And she said, you really need to stay here. And uh, as Karen says, the doctor is very objective. And Akasi contemplated this. And Acacia is a very smart woman. So she knew with the doctor, just kind of being uh, forceful, it was not going to work with the doctor. And you know, she had to come up with another strategy. So she's like, hmm, if I hire a private nurse to deal with the head wound, can I leave? <laughs> I love Acacia is doing like, let's make a deal with a healthcare provider. Because <laughs> it's right. like you're bargaining to try and get out. I can't blame her. I would have done the same thing. And the doctor said, you're not a prisoner here, um, but you have been through a traumatic experience 
And the doctor wanted her to speak with one of her colleagues, a psychiatrist. And this took Acacia back a bit. Uh, Dr. Buki said that Dr. Aswan has worked with newcomers to Switzerland on some of whom had experienced trauma in their homeland. Acacia said, she's not crazy. And Dr. Buki never said she was, you know, she said that I didn't say you were. And that was a very unkind way to speak about another person. Um, and I love the fact SR wrote that in there because I think so many times that is like a throwaway type of phrase that people say yeah. that can really uh, offend somebody that you might not mean to offend. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it can come off as a really negative connotation. Um, so I thought that was a, a good addition. Yeah, and, and the way that S, one of the reasons why SR wrote this book, I think, too, was because he had in mind of everything that was going on in the world with, um, you know, with between the Middle East and, and Western civilizations and the back and forth and the anti-Semitism that's going on in the world and anti-immigrant. Mm -hmm. I think that all played a part in his decision to write the story the way he did. So yes. that it, you know, bring it, bring awareness to it, so that it can be addressed, and hopefully you can take kindness to another level and and not become involved in that. Exactly, and I know Betty and Karen both mentioned that they really love this part, that 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 passage, and Acacia said to the doctor, "Look, I'm I'm not ready to speak with anyone about what happened." And she was assured that healing is a process. And Dr. Aswan would not make her speak about anything she was not ready to speak about. But she would help in sorting out her feelings. And Acacia lowered her head, telling the doctor that she knew that she had her best interest in mind. And she also knew that she would need to speak with someone. But at the moment, that only person she wanted to speak with was her partner, Nicholas. He's away on business, and she could not wait until he came back to speak with him. And yes, Betty says, Acacia has good negotiation skills. If things don't work out, maybe Acacia could go work with Christian Gray. <laughs> yeah, really? Yes, she, she yeah, definitely. Give break, yeah. That's right. She, she definitely could, uh, could help him build his empire. So, you know, Acacia... I, and I think now the doctor's like, okay, I get it now. The, I, the real reason why she wants to, to get out of here was to go find Nicholas. And I think before that moment, she, she wasn't sure if it was just a matter of her wanting to be back at her house or just being out of the hospital setting. But now she's like, okay, I see what's going on. And the doctor studied her and said, look, if you want to leave, you're free to do so. But you will have to sign paperwork that uh, states that she is leaving against her medical advice. And Acacia said she will sign the documents. As the doctor studied her face, she could see that she was not going to win this argument. So Dr. Bucci stood and said that she would send Acacia home with prescriptions. She's also going to send her Dr. Aswan's information to take home with her as well 
and she asked Acacia to make an appointment with the doctor. Acacia assured her that she would. Dr. Buki left the room saying she'd be back and to please wait for her. Acacia reclined on the bed as a wave of dizziness passed over her. Her thoughts turned to Nicholas and she hoped she wasn't too late. Ah, uh, that chapter again, so good. So, you know, she and she is a tough, tough cookie. Mm -hmm. She really is. So, KK was saying that her two nephews are third generation and their world changed 18 years ago because of their last name. Gentos. Mm. I hope mm. I pronounced that correctly. You know, it's true. Um, I have a, a good, I worked with a guy for many, many years, 20 some odd years. Uh, by the name of Haluk Bekura. You know, Hal is mm -hmm. from Turkey. Hal is also a Muslim. He's mm -hmm. practicing, but he's born a Muslim. And in fact, when Hal was about three or four years old, uh, he used to tell the story that they, in the village that they lived in in Turkey before they emigrated to the United States, um, there were gypsies, abandoned gypsies in the area, and they took Hal and were walking out of the town with by with house in their hand so but he even after 9-11 happened he was like whoa and his kids um you know they're, they're very they're darker skinned and very dark hair and and uh his two boys and even they had a lot of problems after 9-11 mm -hmm. because of the name Bakora and and just their they have somewhat of a Middle Eastern look so and it's a shame you know that 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 this had to happen and to them or any family actually it's a shame the whole damn thing happened but it did and uh, but I, I feel sorry for 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 you know like Middle Eastern people are, are so um, put down on on all of this and they may right. not have any. They've had nothing to do with it, and in fact, I I can remember I was I I a while ago I before before Acacia uh, was kidnapped, and I think she was talking about her father being Jordanian, what have you, and I I remember um, emailing her, and just to you know I just wanted to get a background a little bit of on on. Middle Eastern men, because right? they're all very different, but you know, are they the kind that are, you know, depending upon what sector in, you're in, are they the kind that want to keep you hidden away, or you know, do they not let you have like in Saudi Arabia, they weren't allowed to drive until about a year ago, or two years right? and that kind of stuff, and she she said don't like, she doesn't like men from Jordan mm. that was one of her comments but she said she got really upset with SR when they just when he used the Middle East as part of the background of this story, and uh, because it, you know she said when all else fails, it's a Middle Eastern person, and that's like a plot in a lot of the most current stories today. Mm -hmm. You know that, and it's a shame. Although I think. <laughs> I think having Acacia as the heroine is giving the example of 
you know, at what a true Muslim woman mm-hmm. is, you know, and the fact that she's a she's a a good person she is a a righteous person she is someone who takes her faith seriously um Mm -hmm. i understand what she's saying though because it is it can be hard to have that background when you feel like it's being it's reinforcing a a negative stereotype a stereotype yeah Mm -hmm. and uh, you know Kenzie was saying she said she didn't think SR meant to upset anybody, and probably really and was probably really upset to hear. I and I I'm sure he was because SR does not want to intentionally hurt anybody for any reason. From what you know, I gather about SR as much as he allows himself to come out, if you know what I mean. And right. Um, so I, I'm sure it did, but I, I can also see where a lot of modern culture, uh, in whether it be in his book or whether it be uh, John Le Carre or Sydney, uh, not Sydney Shelton, that's an old book, goody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of the other uh, David Balducci, that kind of stuff. They would write about you know any kind of terrorist organizations. They're all going to be Middle Eastern at the moment. Sadly. Right. Well, I think there's a lot of opportunity to write. Well, I think there's just a lot of opportunity to write about all different types of terror, right? And it doesn't, you know, it's, it's not surprising. I think... You know, it definitely seems based on his comments that he was really aiming to to speak against injustice and to have a story that showcases the good of the good in, of all people. The good of human beings. Yeah. Right, right. You know, as Betty said, today is a tough day. Many things changed. People took their anger against innocent people, and mm-hmm. that's going on today. And it's going on not just for people of the Islamic faith there, you know, this is kind of the challenge of humanity, right? This is not, not a modern day story. There's always people who are, you're dealing with the immigration issues and you're dealing with people who are feeling threatened by newer groups of people moving in. And if you look all throughout history, that's, that's always been a point of contention from the very first cultural differences. Right. From the very first people who came and were settling on lands that were already occupied. So, as, as Karen says, um, his intentions were good and the story was not stereotypical of what is written. He showed also, sadly, how injustice is happening around the world in places you never thought it would happen, such as Paris. Agreed. And Kenzie says, I, I get so angry with one side of my family because they blame everything on Muslims. I walk away and calm myself down because it's like talking to a wall sometimes with them. Oh, Kenzie, we understand. When you're dealing with someone who has a very entrenched belief, it, it can be difficult. And I think the best thing to do is to take a breath and calm yourself down and, and even walk away from it sometimes. I mean, you can speak factually, but it's often very difficult to 
change a very longstanding belief. It, it, I would be curious if they know anyone who's Muslim. I would venture the fact that they probably don't. And that could be one and, way yeah, for them and, to learn. You know, I, I can re I've had this argument with my brother-in-law and many, many times. And not just about Muslims, but about a few things. And mm -hmm. it, it you, you know, he, he's going to talk and he's going to tell you things that, and they and say things and blame things on people that's just not true. We were, um, I was away over uh, one weekend, uh, back at the beginning of August, and, and uh, with them, and they, my sister and brother-in-law have this very close set of friends and they all own little these little uh, bungalows up in Lake Wampawpack and um, they they've given their because the three of them are on the, on, on the same street they've given the name to mm -hmm. the street the compound which whatever yeah and but we're sitting in, it was after dinner um, my former daughter-in-law, her fiancé, and her, their th the three kids were all downstairs because they were trying to get the um, the youngest two to sleep and Isabella to sleep. And they're having this extremely loud argument about, you know, guns and gun violence. And I, and I turned around and I said to this one guy, I said, you know what, Rick, my granddaughter is part Colombian, which means that she is quote-unquote, to these people, a brown person. I said, he doesn't care about that. And I said, and the guy who in El Paso was shooting all those people in the Walmart, he couldn't care less if she was, if these people were born and raised in, and generations within the United States. Right. And I said, you know, and we were going on about that. It's just, it, it just, it's very frustrating. And at times you have to just, you're not going to change their opinion. You can you can try to point out good things, and that's about it. But mm -hmm. accept the fact that you probably will never change their opinion, and they're never going to change you to their opinion. And some so. right, I, oftentimes the only way people change is if they really come in contact with someone or have a very personal experience um, that that is transformational. Um, so exactly. it's, you know, just, you know, keep, keep thinking that way. I, as Kenzie said, you know, when Notre Dame burned, they actually blamed it on Muslims. And I said they were ignorant. I hate it so much, but I think SR was just basing the story on current events and showing more kindness and compassion within that. Yes, I agree that he was yeah. doing that. And Karen agreed with what you were saying, Pam. Um, Karen, you know, we, the three of us are in Pennsylvania, and we definitely can see a lot of um, contrasting opinions um, within our, our state um, and within people Since we, we know. Pennsylvania. Yes, we are. And Kenzie says, I can't be friends with my family online because all they post about is Trump and hateful things, and I don't agree with that. And she agrees with you, Pam. And Betty does as well. And sometimes it's better to walk away and avoid having a big headache. Um, yeah, I think sometimes. And that's not saying that you're not speaking your truth. You can still say a fact or you can still 
you can say your opinion and you can say, look, I'm, we're, we agree to disagree. I don't agree. I feel this way. But I'm going to walk away at this point and uh, just know that we disagree on this. And I, I've chosen to live my truth also. That's an important part right. of it. You can right. speak your truth and you can keep to your truth. But as long as you live your truth as right. well, that makes it easier. That makes it easier. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yes. I, I purposely stay away from anything my sister and brother-in-law post on uh, Facebook. or And, I, and I'm, I'm not friends with any of their friends so that I stay away from that on, on Facebook. Right. And I just let it be. And I go to my I go up there with my sister when she asks me if it's a special occasion. And otherwise I just let it be. I don't go up there. They've got a nice place. I love them I, I love their little house, their little area and the lake and everything. But I just I just have to let it be and I have to live my life the way I want to live my life. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And as, as, as Betty said, all we can really do is be kind and treat others the way we want to be treated. Live by the golden rule. Absolutely. And I think that is the, the biggest commandment that everybody should keep of all mm -hmm. the commandments. I think that should be the first one and the other 10 should be after that. But um, that that's just how I feel about it anyway. Mm -hmm. so. And Karen also uh, lives her truth too. And very, very well said women. I'm, I'm really glad we were able to all get together on the podcast today. This has been a really, really good one, you know, and yes, Kenzie, you, you don't need to deal with the ignorance, hate, and stupidity. Stay in your little kind corner of the internet. That's why, you know, the internet can be used for good and used for evil, right? There's a lot of positivity we can share with each other. Um, and, you know, keep, keep on that positive, keep on that positive path. Yep. And uh, just, uh, do unto others like you would have them do to you. So just you know, living 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 out loud or li is another way of putting it. So yeah. Anyway, um, all right. I I do want to send um, my you know I do want to say that I I I send out my my prayers to everybody who was affected by 9-11 in whatever way, whether you were a, um, a person who lost people, someone, uh, whether you were a first responder, whether you were a volunteer, uh, whether it just affected you emotionally in a way that it, it, that it can. Um, there were a lot of people who witnessed everything firsthand, and there were a lot of people, a lot more people, who witnessed it as it was going on TV. And I just hope and pray that at some point in time that everybody will find peace within themselves as far as what had gone down. Um, I know my own experience. Uh, 
I was a volunteer at 9-11. There is one thing that I will never, ever get out of my head is how tall the pile was. And I will never, ever get over the amount of cars in the parking garages all around the World mm-hmm. Trade Center. You didn't know what kind of car they were, what make, model, year, color, because it was all filled with dust. They were all filled with dust. They were all locked away. And I don't think they anybody was able to get them for almost, I think, six months to a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was... That was something else, and uh, it's an experience that I will—I never regret doing. And um, you know, just—I just pray for for everybody involved. And now, with the people that are getting sick after the fact, the people that were volunteers, the first responders—they were all down there. The people from Verizon and the National Guard people—they were all down there working around the pit and in the area. You know that that they too will hopefully remain healthy because i know that a lot of them are not and uh so we'll we'll go from there so anyway it's, it's a tough day for me i had a friend who was killed on the 104th floor of one of the towers but other people had it worse i had uh one friend chris joyce uh who for three weeks he was at three funerals a week at least mm. And uh, they were childhood friends, college friends, high school friends. So that he, he, you know, that all these funerals he went to. So they were firemen. They were worked on, uh, worked in the towers, whatever. So, and, mm. and I, yeah, I hope it's, to God he find, finds peace. It's, it's so tough. And, you know, it's affected people in different ways. I, I saw that Kenzie said that she was only four, but she read many interviews and watched documentaries. She's sending peace to everyone struggling today. Betty was in Manhattan when the planes crashed. Getting home was an ordeal, which that was very true. I was fortunate that my uncle was not working that day, so he was not downtown in Manhattan, thank God. Um, Kenzie said there's much we did not see because the news filtered it, um, and she's very sorry for your loss, Pam. Um, it is yeah, true. true. I, you know, Karen actually, Karen saw it fold on TV and actually heard and saw the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania because Karen lives in Western PA, not too far where Flight 93 went down. And there is an incredibly moving, um, from what I've been told, I have not gone and actually seen it yet. But there's a very mo- moving memorial there. I've driven by the exit. I just haven't really, I, I haven't been able to bring myself to go there yet. And, and I, I have a, I have a sending virtual hugs to, to you, Pam. Thank you. I have a friend who was down in Washington not too long ago and saw the memorial at the Pentagon and uh, how moving it was also. Yes, um, that is a me, very, very, be, that one I've seen, that's very, that is incredibly moving and beautiful. I had friends who worked there who felt the impact of the, the, of the, the, the blast of the plane hitting the Pentagon. So, um, yeah, I mean, tough, I, tough, I, tough I, times. I'll be very honest with you. I have not since that time, um, that I was there and I was there like September 23rd, 20, somewhere in there. It was like two and a half, three weeks after the planes hit the building. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have not been down there. I have not mm-hmm. been able to go down there. And I, you know, I understand the memorial is beautiful, and I would love to go get an etching of Michael's name um, just to see it. But I, I just have not been able to do that. It's not time. It's not. It's not time for no. you yet. I'm not ready for and it. it. I'm not ready for it. You know what? Everything. One of my friends was. We were talking about. You know how we have to kind of listen to nature, and everything unfolds in its own time throughout nature, throughout the course of the seasons, throughout the course of, of our, our daily lives. And we have to just be open and accepting of things will unfold when they're supposed to. And I think that's the same type of thing. As Kenzie says, that's okay, Pam, take your time. Um, Betty said her science teacher lost her, his brother on September 11th. He was a cop and he went into the tower to help. Uh, Kenzie, he said i think many forget flight 93 but for some reason that one pulls at her heart the hardest um and she says i don't think you can fully comprehend it unless you witnessed it yourself and she would like to visit the memorial one day if she visits new york city and i think all in good time it's really tough and i'm, I'm really sorry for everyone i echo you with the, the prayers for everyone and and the continued wishes for healing Betty said her brother was in the train when, he, and he actually saw the tower in flames, and he was in shock, yeah. which would have been um, quite understandable. I can, I can only imagine. I mean, I, I lived in. I was in shock watching Hastings it on TV. On, yeah, I lived in a town called Hastings on Hudson, which is in Westchester County. It's north of the city. It's uh, it was physically twenty nine miles from where I lived to the towers, and mm-hmm. being on the river. Um, I was in a condominium, and it was a 1930s building, so it was an older brick building, but we had this huge front um, lawn that, it, you know, you could walk out, you could sit, picnic, whatever, out there, and it was beautiful because you had a beautiful scene of the Palisades across the way. But when you look south from the front yard, you could see the towers, and I just remember seeing all the smoke that day um went bad I, I did see the first one go down I, I from work and the second one I went to my aunt's house and I saw it go down there so uh mm-hmm. you know it was then the weird it was the, that week was so eerie the only thing that you heard there were no planes and we were on a flight right. path for I believe LaGuardia and for Westchester Airport and um there were no planes except for these Mm -hmm. F-18s that would fly over every now and then and these big coast guard cutters that would go up the Hudson River to the Tappan Zee Bridge and then go and I don't know whether they went up further or not but you know you'd see them go up and down um I remember going to uh Yankee Stadium it was the first Yankee home game I know the Mets had had theirs like a week or so earlier but this was the first Yankee home game and going there and I was sitting, I wasn't in the bleachers, but I was in the outfield on the third base side and with my son. And I just remember everybody coming out, you know, uh, Mayor Giuliani, who was the mayor at the time um, and uh, coming out, Michael Bolton came out, Ronan mm. Tynan with his beautiful tenor voice oh yeah sang 
And I remember watching that on TV. We actually and rooted I, for the Yankees that day. Yeah. And, you know, the only time. <laughs> they, they, uh, they were, uh, it was just an incredible experience to feel all that energy, that positive energy that was coming out of the people in the stadium. So yeah. and I, I don't remember whether they won or lost the game. I know they lost the World Series that year, though. I think they won that night, though, if I recall. Mm -hmm. It might be interesting yeah. to look up, but everybody was pulling for them that I remember that. Yeah. Everybody was a New York Yankee for that night. Mm -hmm. Except if you were rooting for the other team. But even they were... I mean, what was really neat was that when the... When the um, ball players when they were introduced and they were lining up on the um you know the third base line and the first base line they had either a cop or a fireman with them so it was like a ball player a cop a ball player fireman down the line and rather than wearing their normal baseball caps they were either wearing nypd or fdny caps and i think there were a couple with the uh, uh port authority police caps as well so anyhow Anyway, every, and everybody was confused about the buildings and what you know, especially the big buildings. I didn't. I had a neighbor right. who uh, lived in the apartment next to me. She worked for American Express down at the towers, and she she was not in the tower. She was out of the tower when they collapsed. But she came home, and she was so full of dust. Mm-hmm because she got caught in that dust storm when she was trying to make her way uptown. I just, it was incredible. It was incredible. So, uh, well, I'm, well, I, I don't, I don't want to go on about this it's too much more. So, um, KK, well, uh, KK's night? heading out, hopefully making something delicious for dinner, uh, as so. she always does. Um, sending all kinds of hugs to all of you guys. Ken's, Keep that planning for your Toronto trip going. We want to hear more about it next week. Yes. Very excited and for pictures. you. And pictures. Yes. When you go. And maybe we'll hear something next week about a cast or some of the cast. <laughs> a girl can Hopefully, dream. Cause I, absolutely. Because I know that um, he, uh, he he's champing at the bit to get these announcements out. But I, I think once they finish off the filming a little bit uh, for this um, one that they're doing now, The Will, I think we'll start hearing um, maybe some of the minor cast. Right. Oh, my gosh. So, Does that yeah. mean so, <laughs> Paul? <laughs> well, I don't consider Paul a minor He's cast. He's not minor. But I mean, Paul is coming soon. I think we'll know. Yes. Uh, I think we'll know, like, Rachel and... You know, Richard yeah, it'll and be Rachel and Aaron and Richard and mm -hmm. you know and maybe, maybe uh, Catherine picked in and whatever. So. Yes, and Mr. Oh, old Mr. Krangle, as Kenzie says. Mm -hmm. And now, was yes, Kenzie's saying was, good. Was... Hopefully, we'll have SR back on social media. <laughs> the one thing that I can remember was because um, I this today, and I don't think it's Mr. Krangle, but isn't there? There was a neighbor. With dubious pajamas, Superman pajamas, and mm -hmm. rimless glasses. So that that should be that should be interesting. 
Maybe that'll be SR's cameo. <laughs> I would love if he did a cameo. He's not going to. You know he's not. Or I, He's going to do it, no, but he I won't know. tell anybody. Yeah. We that's my... Know. That's my prediction. He'll be in it, but he'll never say he was in it, so nobody would know. Exactly. <laughs> he's exactly. like, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Oh my gosh! All right, friends. Well, thanks for spending a little extra time with us today, and um, looking forward to our podcast next week. Next week, yes. And Betty, yep, the French-Canadian neighbor whose initials are S-I-R. And the mm-hmm. I, I found out a while ago, don't ask me why it still sticks in my head, but the I stands for Ignatius. Of course it does. <laughs> oh, of course it does. That does not surprise me. So. I love it. That's great. I, that's, that's new to me. I did not, I did not hear that before. Yeah, I, I, he, somebody asked what the initial was, his initial, his middle initial was. He said Ignatius. And it was, I, again, it was a couple of years ago, so I, I don't even remember when. Anyway. I love it. Everybody, you have, all have a good week, and we will see you all again next week. And we'll commit some more. So it'll be a lot of fun. And, and we will be doing uh, the next chapter, 54. 54. Possibly 54. Possibly 55. But we'll see about that. So I'm going to leave you all with some Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66 and The Look of Love. Ooh, I love that one. Ooh, enjoy. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Have Have a good good week, week, everybody. everybody.